Have you got your copy of the Be Guided and Be Great book yet? I've got a link in the show notes so that you can get your copy today. We're going to do a Be Guided and Be Great book club in January, February, and I would love for you to join us. And to do so, go ahead and get your copy and go to katesaintclair.com and join the community and you'll get all the details for the free book club for January and February of 2023. I'll see you there. Welcome to another episode at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast, where being intuitive is understood and being sensitive is a good thing. I'm your host, Kate St. Clair. Welcome to episode 64 here at the Be Guided and Be Great podcast. This episode is called How to Get Out of Your Own Way and the Three Steps to Go with the Flow of Your Intuition. So I see this all the time in my students. We'll be in a private session and they're asking their guides questions and or maybe they're, you know, whether it's a spirit guide or a family member, like if they're using their medium abilities, they will ask a question and, you know, asking a question is sort of this outward motion. It's this outward energy. You're asking, you're wanting, you're, you're expecting something. And what we don't do when we're in that moment, when we're connecting with our intuition and again, to a guide or we're reading loved ones on the other side, or even if we're just trying to get some psychic information for ourselves, we ask that question and we're in the outside, we're pushing out energy and we never shift gears. <laughs> so um, it's just been so fascinating over the last decade to really watch my clients sort of ask the question and they're in that outward motion. And no one ever told us to shift down into the listening to the receiving, which is a softening energy. And so when the client is asking, they're just pushing, it's almost like we're pushing information away because we have not shifted our energetic gears. In a lot of really good intuition um, integrated into our lives, I, I don't care how talented you are naturally, if we don't know how to shift the gears of intuition, you know, no one to put it in a first drive, no one to put it in a second, no one to put it into reverse, you know, maybe we're going in a timeline and we just went into the past. And if we don't know where we just went, it's really hard to get the car going. Okay. And maybe the young people listening to this podcast have no idea what I'm referring to. <laughs> I'm referring to a, you know, manual vehicle, something where you put the clutch in and you drive gears. And if you're lucky, maybe you have a parent or a grandparent that can uh, put you in a car that you can drive because I think it's something everybody should experience. It makes driving a lot funner, actually. Um, but when you are in a manual car, you are you are really in control. It's not just this uh, engine that knows what to do, this transmission to shift gears when it needs to. Like Intuition is actually very much like a manual car where you have, you have to know what gear you're in to get the results you want to get where you want to be with it. Intuition is very much like that. Okay, so in that situation where my client is right there and they're learning to ask guides questions to make the information make more sense if what they've received so far isn't adequate for their mind to understand, I train people to ask more questions. That's a huge obstacle when we're so used to just getting what we get and then not knowing where to go to ask follow-up questions. 
So in that moment, okay, go to the guide and ask or go to that family member and ask. And then they're asking and then their energy still stays extended, you know, out. And I'll say, hey, it's, this has been one of my secret tips that I've been teaching my clients for the last five years at least. After you ask a question, you, okay, and I don't mean to offend any Europeans, but this is what works for my American students, <laughs> for the American students. Um, after you ask a question, you actually have to shift your energy inward to a receiving and a listening. And one of the visuals I've taught my students is to pretend that you're European and you really don't care, you know, what the answer is. You know, maybe you have a cigarette in your in your fingers and you're just, you know, you want to be entertained and you really don't care how, but that really works. That's a really good um, symbol for just you ask a question and then you shift down into this very, you know, casual European energetic being who's just really ready to take it all in. Um, and from that position, it's amazing what my students will, are, are all of a sudden able to hear, what they're able to experience. Maybe they actually do feel the family member actually standing to the right of them where when they were in that kind of asking outward energy, they, they didn't experience that because they were too, like, it's kind of like when we're asking and we stay in that energetic energy of ask, our energy almost pushes everything away. And so we want to get into the rhythm of ebb and flow when we're using our intuition. We ask and we receive. We ask and we receive. And that sort of casual, elegant European with a cigarette who's just, you know, ready to receive whatever. And she just really doesn't care what it is as long as you give her something because she's there, for God's sakes. <laughs> I hope that you can be playful with that image too. But it, that particular image really has helped. I, I get so much feedback of, you know, I something was happening and I couldn't get the answer. And so I remembered what you said to act European and be very casual and not push so hard. I, you know, all of a sudden the person was there and all of a sudden I could see their hair color and all of a sudden I could hear their voice. And so what what we're really doing again is just it, it shifts the gears of our intuition from an outward motion to an inward. So we're inside of ourselves, we're in our body, we're listening in that sort of extra, um, that little extra tip of not caring what the answer is. That's a, that's a really important thing because if we're asking questions and we do care what the answer is, sometimes we won't hear the answer because we're trying to control the situation, which isn't a judgment. It's just like, especially if you were born intuitive, you, f you feel so responsible for every single second of information that you, we do want to control it. And that's one of the ways we get in, in, you know, how we trip ourselves up. We get in our own way when we, again, if you're born that way, you care a lot, even if you don't consciously know that. And there's a part of you that probably feels very responsible for what the, information is at every moment. And so we are just receivers. And I think that's just a really important thing to hear. When we are working with the world of intuition, we are all but receivers for the most part. And that's a very different gear for especially Americans to be in. We we feel like we're raised to control as much as we can. And if we didn't do a good job controlling it, it's our fault and it's our failure. And 
So in this conversation of shifting gears, I do want to, and I, again, I don't mean to offend any of my European listeners. It's just, that is a image that works for Americans to soften and receive and kind of put you in a state that is a playful state that we can imagine. And in that playful imaginative state, it's like a new energy for you to, to, to play with, to engage with so that you soften and you receive and you leave your analytical part, um, you know, the analytical part of intuition, your brain has to come along. Cause I, I absolutely know if the intuition doesn't make sense and who cares, you know, many times I've gone, you know, over the course of my lifetime, especially in my younger life, I would go to intuitives for guidance and help and validation and, uh, always coming back for help, you know, and they'd say something really abstract, like blue balloon or, um, you know, purple something. And it never made sense. So then the information didn't matter to me really in the long run. And so we do, you know, it's okay to ask the question and, and with the intention that whatever the answer will be, will make sense. And if it doesn't, you just ask again. And then you go back into the energy of surrender to listen. And you're not listening with judgment. You're just really open hearted curiosity, um, just because you receive guidance doesn't make it finite. You know, it's something that might be good to know. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to take action on it. So we really want to soften our relationship with receiving guidance. Uh, a lot of the times if we're reading for somebody, we, it's hard for us to shift into that receiving energy because we do care about the outcome. We do care if, if I'm talking to your father on the other side, I want him to tell me stuff that matters to you. I don't want to necessarily hear about stuff from his childhood if it's not stuff you know about because you're paying me for that time. And, you know, I think that's just a natural part of wanting to do the best you can for your clients. But at some point you do, we, you know, we do have to invite surrender. We do have to soften. We do have to just say whatever they want us to say. And really when you can be in that state of surrender, you can be in the flow of it. And then your mind isn't con in control of the session your intuition is. And let me just do a quick reminder about that. We've talked about it in other podcasts, but when they mapped Teresa Caputo's brain, she's the Long Island medium here in America. Um, when they did a brain mapping of her while she was reading an audience, they found that the activity of her brain actually went to like almost zero, you know, it really quieted when she was channeling for her clients. Why? Because she's not thinking this stuff up right? When you are channeling for the dead, you are all but listening, receiving. And if you're a claircognizant, you're channeling. So it's coming through you, you know, you're in the flow, you're saying what you're getting in real time in real moment. If sometimes we get a little controlling, which I do too, I still can, if I care a little too much, I'll actually stop the claircognizant. The, I'll stop the channeling and I'll actually just use my clear audience, which is a little bit slower. It's something where the guide or your loved one can tell me something and I can just, oh, this is what they said. I can just capture it. Um, you know, sometimes using their words, if I capture it fast enough, but sometimes I have to use my own words, you know, like this is what they said. Okay. And this was the feeling behind it, you know, which is clairsentient. Um, so 
interesting, right? When we are receiving guidance, when we are receiving messages from our loved ones, our brain activity actually has to soften to an almost standstill because you cannot think this shit up, if you will. You cannot think this shit up. You you receive it. And that's the, the humility. That's the letting go. That's the surrender. Um, and with all that, I dare say critical thinking can happen in the next step, <laughs> you know. Um, so the brain is definitely a companion because, again, I do want my guidance that comes through me from your guides to make sense to you. I do care about that. And, and so, so in order to get out of my own way, I had to train myself to stop and to, to, to soften. And I found I'm actually shifting gears entirely. I'm active asking, and then I have to shift into neutral to receive the message. Isn't that fascinating? So I'm going to talk about the three steps to just be able to go with the flow of your intuition. And then I'm going to talk about, I don't know, we'll do maybe like six little troubleshooting things just to kind of put it in really a human context. So that when these things kind of come up for you, you'll have a few tools and know what to do with them. In the Be Guided and Be Great book, in every single chapter, um, you know, whether the subject is your guide, or if you're working with the dead, there's always a section uh, for mediums. So how it interacts, how you, you know, these troubleshooting things, if you're a medium, and in every chapter, there is a troubleshooting um, section, because intuition is so complex for so many different reasons. And it's just really helpful to have all the tools that I've um, assembled over the decades so that when these things come up, you actually have an idea of what you two can do to navigate it. Um, especially if it's become a pattern. Sometimes we're like, I don't even know what's happening because a pattern is on it. And because of the pattern, we're a little bit blind to why this might be happening for us or to us or what have you. So the three steps is... And we have actually gone over them, but let me just put them in this real finite um, way for you. So number one is to ask your guide. You know, you could be asking a loved one on the other side. And if you have to ask a question and you're not communicating well with that being, you can always ask your guide. I personally like to see my client's guide. Every single client I see, I get eyes on and ears on that their birth guide because their birth guide holds their contracts. And the fastest way for me to do a session is to get eyes on your birth guide. And then even when I'm navigating a family member, because let's just say maybe you had a really bossy grandma that didn't live a great life, wasn't a great person and still you know, even still from the other side wants to boss you around and maybe give you bad advice. <laughs> well, over the decades, I felt very responsible for the guidance that would come out of my mouth from your grandma. And so I just learned to, and I say it to every client, I will offer messages, but I will confirm it with your guide, your birth guide, whether this is good guidance for you, or it's just grandma's opinion. So when you're working with guides, or um, you know, other people's loved ones, or even your own, you ask the question, which is in, in asking questions is really important, because it's kind of like, well, what's the point? What's the intention of what we're experiencing today? And that's an active energy. And right away, I want you to, to just 
go into step two, which is to soften, to be still, to be neutral, to receive. If you have to use that image of this glamorous European with a cigarette and, you know, very indifferent, very like, "Mm, I did not hear you. I, you know, uh, it's not good enough or, you know, whatever, (laughs) whatever the truth of the moment is, just really go into that character. And if you need to, this is the third step is to repeat. So the power of the image of the European with kind of a cigarette and just kind of indifferent, it is to get you to not take Maybe you didn't hear them very seriously. Maybe you missed it. Maybe the guidance came so fast, you just missed it. So you just casually ask again. It does not have to be life or death. It does not have to be catastrophic. It doesn't mean you're a bad psychic or you're a bad medium if you didn't get it right away. You just go to step three and you just ask again, really casually, really, you know, but also with this like intention, like, yeah, I need this answer. (laughs) <laughs> and you will give it to me. <laughs> so those are the three steps to really go with the flow of your intuition. Um, I have received a message from one of my students, even today, and she shared with me this wonderful evidential story of her and one of her dear friends are reading my book. And so this language is, you know, in their energy, this, this, the thought of intuition, the thought of how their intuition interacts with them. And she so shared the most fascinating story. So her friend is a nurse, and they were able to tune in to a spirit that had a beautiful, profound experience for them both message validatable information between the two of them and she said I when I first sat down to get the information it wasn't coming and I remembered your tool of you know becoming very European and just very casual and alas it just it was all right there for her and both of the women were able to validate their intuition together at the same time so it's just uh, and and also to say they're both intuitive always. It's just that they're learning new tools through the book, through using their intuition, through getting mentorship, um, through sitting down and doing the work. Um, that that might be another thing that I I am going to do another podcast on that. But I just to really quickly say because it's so vital that intuition, like everything else, is earned in that. It does take our effort to organize it. It does take our effort to want to engage with it and understand it. It does take our effort to put the pieces together, if you will, because intuition can be very frustrating and it can, we've talked about this before, you know, we can get a little bit like, ah, that was easy for me, like make it harder. (laughs) You know, we kind of want another level of awe, if you will, with the work. And so we are always kind of where we're at is a part of how our intuition is communicating and or flowing to us and through us at the same time. So that's the beauty of these three steps is asking these questions. Number two, being willing to receive the information without judgment. And if it's not flowing in that moment, just do it again. Repeat. Just do it again. Asking questions, receiving the guidance. That's that's the three-step process 
to getting out of your own way, going with the flow and getting easy, accurate, guided information. And again, who's it coming from? That's the question you'd like to know. Is this coming from a guide? Is this coming from a loved one? Um, what timeline am I in? Is this past information, present, future? Um, if this is a spirit, then, you know, what are the spirits around the spirit? Are, are they talking to me because they're trying to communicate with their sister or brother or mother? So these three steps can really start breaking down the information just step by step so it doesn't feel so insurmountable to you as a sensitive. So let's talk about just a few troubleshooting scenarios that can come up. They come up for everybody. Um, One of them is certainly overthinking. If we don't learn to shift into neutral, we are constantly in the asking, overthinking, asking, overthinking energy. And it's exhausting to be in that energy if you live with somebody that does that. And it's also exhausting to be in that energy if you do that. (laughs) So sometimes you just have to go, okay, I have to stop thinking about it. Like it is what it is. And I got what I got. And if the guides have more to tell me, then they're just gonna have to tell me again. So that that can, that can these that that kind of learning to shift gears can help you stop the overthinking and over obsessing about it because as Carolyn May says, you cannot think your way to the soul. So just remember that when you're like, you keep trying to figure something out through your intellect. And sometimes we have to just go, okay, I got it, put it on the shelf. And sometimes through like putting it on the shelf gives you a little bit of space from a situation. And from that space, sometimes more information can come in. Like if um, you're really trying to figure out, okay, you know, his mom, so your daughter calls and her college roommate is having a struggle and you're really worried about her. And so you tune into it and there's all this activity around it. And now the activity is swirling and you can't drop it. And then you, you're getting all this contradictory information and maybe you, it's the same for like three days. We have to learn to put stuff on the shelf or, you know, however you want to say that, just kind of put it down and walk away from it. And then maybe two hours later, you'll hear like, oh, she's going to go home for the holidays. She's actually going to take a break from college and she'll be back in the fall and she'll be like ready for it. She's not ready for it now, but she'll be ready for it next year. And alas, you've got the full picture. And you didn't think it, you just put it down long enough where the guides were able to give you some clarity with that information. So, you know, another thing to troubleshoot is just not trusting. And this one's really complex because especially if you're born intuitive, really highly intuitive, we don't, we, something happens along the way and we don't trust ourselves. We don't trust our guidance. We trust it for other people, but we don't trust it for ourselves. You know, there's lots of different textures of how trust comes up with intuition. And so to just really simplify intuition, you just journal what you get and you walk away. You just journal the, like the purest you can be with your intuition, uh, not overthinking it, not judging it, just real pure. Okay, this is what I get coming back later and looking at your journal, that can really build that trust. Because trusting it only comes through using it. And so even if we have to change a pattern, like, oh, I don't trust my guides, I don't trust myself, nothing ever works out for me, you know, those are all patterns that we recreate, if that came in along, you know, one, we're growing up or 
something really catastrophic happened to you and now you don't trust yourself, you don't trust your guys, you don't trust God. So to just start anew, we, we journal what we think we're getting intuitively through whatever Claire, maybe we keep seeing images, maybe we keep having a feeling, maybe we keep like hearing a message over and over in our mind. Maybe we keep having feelings. So we go and we journal the clairs. We journal the information we receive through the clairs and we walk away and we come back to it later and we start to connect some dots. And that really can start to build new trust for yourself, for your guides, for God. If, if somewhere along the way you didn't have it and it will start the journey if you're just coming to the table of intuition. Okay. So another thing to troubleshoot is just disbelief. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, I know why, and I don't want to get into the history of it. I have had to study it because I was so angry about it. But there is a reason our culture tells us that intuition's not real, that maybe some even really extreme people tell us it's evil. And all the while, a lot of the people that tell us it's evil and not real um, are Christians, and Christ commanded that we shall do these things and more. And these things that Christ did was through his intuition. <laughs> so we are born intuitive. Um, we are absolutely wired as multidimensional beings. And it's not just for the few, for the talented. Yes, some people are born way more, um, you know, I don't know what the right word is. I was going to say thick with intuition, but I don't know if that's the way I want to say it. But yeah, some people have just really intuition firing on all cylinders. I did. And that's just an accumulation over lifetimes, you know, lifetimes and lifetimes of um, being intuitive. Um, So it's a strong, it's a strong gift in some, just like some people can play the piano at age four. Some people have a really good intuition for tastes and food and spices, and that comes from lifetimes and lifetimes of really developing that palate. And so in their in their cellular bodies, that comes in with each lifetime. So I want to normalize intuition that, yeah, some people are better at it, but that's not any different than any other gift, skill, um, talent. But like anything else, you know, all of us can learn to play the piano and all of us can learn to be better um, chefs, cooks, you know, develop our tastes. And intuition is no different. So I want to kind of normalize intuition where you wouldn't disbelieve in the piano, right? It's something you can touch. And it's something you can play. Intuition is the same, but the way you touch it and play with it is to use it to put yourself out there to say what you're getting intuitively and to be validated. So the touchy part, the real third dimensional way you play with intuition is through offering it and getting validation. That's the only way you play the instrument, the instrument of intuition and actually hear it played in the third dimension. So I can play psychic all day long with myself if I want to. I can have all sorts of fantasies and images and spirits and talks, but unless I sit my butt down with a person I don't know and use my instrument of intuition and I see the color of your grandma's hair, the color of her clothing, the color of the car she drove in 1979. Those are things that are indisputable. And you will say, yes, that is true. Or no, that is not right. And I (laughs) rarely, but sure, sometimes it's the other grandma that I got confused. But that you absolutely have an intuition that can be third dimensionally validated. Absolutely, you can. 
And so the more you use and and even the journaling part makes that intuitive, energetic information real because now it's in print, in writing, in the third dimension. So that's how you play the instrument of intuition and it makes it physical when you play it and use it through writing or validating through clients or even if you have trustworthy friends and family members, they can also validate you if they're willing to do so. Um, judgment. That's another thing. Let's troubleshoot really quick. So yeah, you know, a lot of us have a high standard of guidance. And if we have a too high of a standard for uh, what we demand of, let's just say loved ones on the other side or from guides, then our judgment can actually miss the guidance. Um, what I mean by that is, I think one of the more traumatic experiences, this was pre-skin cancer for me. So this was like 2009 or so. And my a man from my husband's work was referred to me. And his session was so touching and so beautiful. He wanted his wife to experience the same thing. And so I booked a session for her. And it was really for her 90-year-old mother who had lost her husband of 50, 60 years. So right when they walked in, I could feel that she did not care for me. <laughs> I assumed it was like, oh, you were alone with my husband. You know, it was kind of one of those icky feelings. And I labeled it. I'm like, oh, this is what she's doing. Well, you know, I'll have a session with her and she'll see that it's much more than that. And right away, the husband on the other side, I was like, I'm seeing him writing you like love letters. And she said, yes, he wrote me love letters every day of our life for like 60 years. And I was like, oh, my heart was so full. I was like, that's amazing. And then I'm like, he's he shows me images of putting on your coat. He's putting your coat on still. She goes, every day of our lives together, he put my coat on for me. And I'm like, oh my God. You know, I'm just thinking, oh, I'm just, I'm killing it on the reading. Like, I'm so honored to be in this energy. I'm so grateful to be talking to this kind man. And like 25 minutes in, the daughter who was in her 60s, like huffs, you know, she throws her hands up. She's all pissed off. And I said, you know, can I help you? And she's like, well, I just thought after the, all this time, you'd tell me his name, you know. And I was like, yeah, shit. I mean, sometimes I do get names. I mean, I'm pretty good with names, actually. And I was like, what the hell? But then I was thinking, oh, my God, this guy gave all this really intimate, who the hell would know information. Like, her husband could have told me the guy's name. Like, names are easy to get, you know. Um the really intimate stuff I had been giving her, I thought was way more mind blowing. But since I didn't give the name, she got up and she left the room. She was all pissed off. So in that particular moment, because of my own immaturity professionally, I was just like, stop the reading. I was like, I was really mad at him for not giving me the name because I can get names. And I just kind of like, okay, ushered them out of the office. And I, I was really like, I stopped reading for six months. That was so traumatic. And really what I learned from that is he was doing a great job and he was giving me the information that the mother, his wife needed to hear, not his daughter, who quite frankly was just really happy to get some attention from her mother. Cause as you can see, her mother and father had quite a love story and because they were so focused on each other, that energy didn't quite go down to her. So she was a little bit um, acting out that he was back in the picture. 
But nonetheless, it really like I, I judged him. I so that shut down my intuition. I judged myself. So that shut down my gift. I mean, there was a lot of judgment that went on in that moment. There was no way in hell I was going to start again. If that was to happen to me today, I would absolutely handle that differently. You know, I'd let her know, like, I'm really good at names and I can get names and I can get his name now, you know, and I can ask, I could, I could have at least asked. And then I would just, you know, really calmly, like, oh my God, look at all this intimate information he just gave us, you know, like I, I would, I'm a professional now, you know, that was really early in my career where I just like, just judged the hell out of everything. And, and it shut me down over and over again. And so sometimes judgment just comes from those early years of really laying your own personal intuition uh, foundation down for yourself. And I think it's just a really natural part of the process of learning and growing. So if you find yourself judging, I just be want you to be really gentle with yourself and maybe with anybody who just judged you and just be like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why he didn't give me the name and I don't know why I didn't get it. And I just don't know. And uh, let it be okay. Let it be okay. Um, because making it okay can just restart the energy, the flow of it again. If you judge yourself, it's kind of like you cut off your intuition, you cut off the willingness to come back to the table and just try again, just really gently. There are, there are always reasons why you don't get what you do. Like I said, this guy was so past just giving me a name. He was just such a good communicator. He just thought that was child's play. Um, so he taught me a lot. Um, even after my little tantrum, (laughs) uh, let's do one more before we wrap up. Let's see. Okay. The final one to troubleshoot is when we really hold on to just one of our clairs and actually beings are talking to us clairaudiently, clairsentiently, claircognizantly, but let's just say like there's lots of books on clairvoyance. I've read so many books on strictly clairvoyant psychic information and I thought, oh my God, this is so limited. What if you see a blue balloon? Who gives a shit if you don't know? Like, there's only so much storytelling the image can do. And again, if sometimes the spirit is really chatty, so if you don't know how to engage with your clear audience, you totally miss how they're trying to connect with you, how they're most comfortable talking to you. Um, and so to troubleshoot is like, if we keep getting that blue balloon, okay, the image just keeps coming in. It's really not expanding to anything more than that visually, we do want to use another Claire. What is the feeling of the blue balloon? Oh man, it feels like a child. Okay. And then what's the next question? Oh, does, you know, whose child? It feels like her child. You know, maybe that blue balloon that that psychic told me about in like 1999 was actually my son who would be born, you know, nearly a decade later. But because she didn't use other Claire's, we were limited just to the blue balloon and I really didn't care. I didn't, it didn't make sense to me at the time. So maybe, you know, she could have asked my guide, you know, what does this blue balloon mean? And maybe she would have heard my guide say a baby boy. And maybe she would have said like, when can I have a timeline? And you know, there's so many fun things like what's the timeline on it? What's his name? What color hair will he have? Um, it could have been a really textural experience for me had she used other Claire's. So I want to, you know, 
I love having eyesight, but I also love hearing my children's voices. I love hearing your voice. I love, you know, feeling my feelings and feeling the appreciation and joy I have for my family and my husband and my friends and this work. And so that's the same with our Claire's, though we can really appreciate a certain Claire. Why not have the entire spiritual experience really fill out these pictures for yourself through the use of your other Claire's? And if you don't know how to engage with them in my book, Be Guided and Be Great, there's a section on each of the Claire's and exercises to encourage you to to work with another Claire and troubleshooting in there. And if you're a medium, like some additional information on that, and that just really can help you make sure that, you know, through the Claire's that that guidance that you get is really filled out big picture stuff here. So you have the most information in the smallest amount of time so you can get on with this thing called life. Okay, so those are the three steps to get you back in the flow of your intuition. And at the beginning, I asked you if you got your copy of the book yet. I, again, I just want to invite you to uh, be part of the book club that we're going to do in January and February. We're going to be on Zoom. We're going to talk about the book. We're going to talk about extra things that you can do to really fill out your intuition. I'm going to be available if you have questions about your intuition, uh, because that's my life's work is to make sure that you too have an intuition that you can use control and trust. Um, Also, a new thing on the website is there's, I think it's a pop-up And it's to get a free chapter of the book, if you'd like that as well. And one of the chapters I chose to give you for free is the 20 reasons. So there's a 20 reasons why to spend time, something like 20 reasons why you should spend time on understanding your intuition. And, you know, because intuition is complex and sometimes it takes money and time um, to get it up and running to a place where it's integrated and it just becomes a part of your life. And I give you 20 solid reasons. It is so, so worth that time and energy and money. So you can get that free chapter at Um Anyway, until next week, take care. If you're interested in finding out which is the strongest Claire in you, go to my website at katesaintclair.com and take the quiz, Which Claire Are You? Until next time, remember, it's your birthright to be guided and be great.